Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Danny Sarek joins me. First road test of the season. How much does last season's road success carry over to this season? There seems to be a differing of opinion. And the road test this week is a familiar face. Chandler Jones will get into what both DJ Humphreys and Kyler Murray had to say about their former teammate. But first, Patrick Mahomes. He resurfaces three days later. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 590, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Usually by Wednesday, Danny, I've moved past what happened on Sunday. It's been a little bit more difficult for obvious reasons this week. And then this didn't help. The email was received in my inbox at 5.38 a.m. from the league office. Patrick Mahomes named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. I'm just saying I didn't need a reminder of what he did this past week. Yeah, he had what, almost four, they had almost 400 400 passing yards? Is that what his number was? Like 360? I mean, he just... 370. 370. Look, he he was Patrick Mahomes. He scrambled. He created things when he didn't see anything at first. He elevated his wide receivers. Um, You're right. He deserves it. Uh, It does sting. I would imagine still on Wednesday having that reminder, but he deserved it. Yeah, I just... I, I thought maybe it would happen. But then, based off of what Pro Football Focus had released on Monday and the fact that they listed Mahomes as the eighth best quarterback of anyone as far as grading out, there were seven quarterbacks that had better PFF grades than Patrick Mahomes. Who? Josh Allen was number one. Okay. But he had three through interceptions. Mahomes was darn near perfect for three quarters. So he deserved it. It just didn't have to be... At the Cardinals' expense. That's what I'm getting at here. Well, maybe that's going to be the only time it's going to happen to them this season. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. By the way, third time Mahomes has been honored for kickoff weekend. So the Cardinals aren't alone in the fact that, you know, and as we discussed on Monday's edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, misery loves company. So the Cardinals are in some good company. Now, the question here on Wednesday, and I'm going to try my hardest, Danny, not to make a big deal out of the injury report like I did a week ago. So let's start with some good news. And there is actually some, there's an asterisk that needs to be put, it, put on this bit of good news. Justin Pugh out there during the open portion, though Cliff Kingsbury afterwards called him day-to-day, and then added this, quote, I'm not sure he'll be all the way by Sunday, end quote. That's, so, that's your good news, Craig? <laughs> the good news was that he was seen doing football activities. The bad news is what the head coach had to say after practice because now, Wednesday, I'm not very optimistic that the Cardinals are going to have their starting left guard on the football field. Sean Harlow likely will get another start at left guard. Remind me because they, you know, they brought back Max Garcia, who was here last year. And when Max was here last year, he played right guard and was backup center. Can Max swing to left? He could. I just don't know. And it's a it's a good it's a it's a it's a great 
question considering how little Harlow and really Rodney Hudson, that side of the line of scrimmage had a lot of leakage and Kyler Murray was under a lot of duress for much of that first half. It's an interesting question that probably needs to be posed to the head coach come Friday. Might there be, if Pew, again, is not available, what are your other options? Is it Sean Harlow, who's been here this entire offseason and spring or training camp, or Max Garcia, who is familiar with the offense having been here a year ago? Because Rashad Coward was put on the practice squad Correct. IR. I mean, that's interesting. Sean Harlow, as of now, I would think would make more sense over Max Garcia. Because even though Max knows the offense, he was still with the New York Giants throughout the offseason and training camp in the preseason. And Sean Harlow now has that game experience, at least one game, but still. But that's interesting. You're right. I'm going to have to bring that up in the Friday press conference with the head coach. It's good. Uh, it's a good thought, though. And, and that's why we have you here, Danny, on, on Cardinals Cover 2. So now, I earned my paycheck today? You did. You're good. Nice. Now we'll see how the rest of the show goes, whether that paycheck gets <laughs> voided or not. All right. Some real good news. Marco Wilson. Who left game? Who left the game on Sunday with an apparent leg injury? Was out there during the open portion of practice, so that was good. Trayvon Mullen was out there as well, although again, what the Come head on, coach Craig. had to say afterwards. Mental reps, as we saw Mullen really shadowing Byron Murphy. So we'll see if Mullen plays. I would think that he would want to, considering he's a former Las Vegas Raider, just to go up against his former team. But it was not encouraging to hear the head coach say still learning the defense and trying to work his way into shape and then work his way within this defense do you think that is preventing this team from signing another veteran cornerback because Antonio Hamilton is out for the first four weeks minimum being on the NFI list with those burns Trayvon Mullen is not on IR but if you're not sure that he's ready physically or mentally for this defense are you looking at bringing a veteran cornerback who at least physically will be ready and can come in and learn the basics of this of the schemes and and be able to go and give you some depth or do you think that they're just going to ride it out because you're hoping that Hamilton can start working back on his own soon be ready for week five and mulling within the next couple of weeks I mean do, do you think that they won't bring in a veteran cornerback. They're just going to wait it out at this point. Honestly, I'm surprised there was not an announcement first thing Wednesday morning before practice began that a veteran cornerback or a cornerback was added. This team only played two really on Sunday. It was Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. Christian Matthew was only out there for one snap, and that's it. Mullen was inactive. So right now, if it's not signed by Wednesday – I don't know if that's gonna if that's a move that's gonna be made this week, which to me is stunning considering the liability and the lack of depth at that position after one week. Yeah, especially you know, thank goodness Marco Wilson is a full go because then it would really be a different story at that point. So we'll see if how things progress during the week. But actually, in, in revisionist history here, there basically was very little good news 
coming out of the open portion of practice. Yeah, although we did hear that Zach Ertz, even though he was not seen, is expected to be full go on Thursday. So he was on a pitch count, only 39 snaps if I remember on Sunday. But if he can be full go, then all of a sudden, if you do not have a Rondell Moore for a second straight week as he deals with a hamstring injury, he was not present during the open portion. So at least Kyler Murray has one of his offensive weapons all the way back, not just one foot in, one foot out. And that can be a big difference for this offense. And even though he doesn't play a major role in this offense, wide receiver Andy Isabella, we were told by Kingsbury, was not out at the, the portion of practice we were out there at least with a back injury. Yeah, it's at the, at the wide receiver position when you're already missing DeAndre Hopkins and, again, nothing against Greg Dorch, but he cannot be your leading receiver for a second straight week. And Victor Bolden going also on IR on the on practice, practice squad. squad. It's just crazy. The Look, injuries happen to every team. But the lack of preseason that so many of these players had and to prevent injury and all these injuries, it's just not the way you want to start a season. No. Still don't know about J.J. Watt, who's dealing with a calf injury. And then Jalen Thompson popped up on the injury report. He's got a toe injury. And... <laughs> that would be one alarming omission if you do not have 34 on the football field come Sunday. Again, I mentioned that I was going to do my best not to be an alarmist here on the first injury report of the week, yet it's the it's not so much the number of players, it's the name of the players that are listed once again and still not on the practice field full-time with their teammates. Jalen Thompson would be a huge loss, not just looking at safeties, but when we talk about the lack of cornerback depth. And ideally, they would like to play Byron Murphy in the slot and have a third cornerback, and when you can't do that, you're relying on Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Isaiah Simmons a little differently. So having Jalen Thompson, if he's not able to play, doesn't just hurt from the safety realm, but just the DBs as a whole and how they're having to adjust in this moment. Certainly not ideal. All there are two missing people uh, from practice on Wednesday, Kelvin Beach and Rodney Hudson, given veteran days. And as I discussed with you during the open portion of practice, I, I, I'm all for players getting veteran days. They've earned it when you've been in the league for a number of years, like a Beecham and Hudson. However, after a performance like that on Sunday... I have a hard time giving anyone a day off, even if that's what's expected and it's just Wednesday and they're not really full speed. But I'm sorry, veteran days are earned during the course of a season as well, not just based off their resume. Again, yeah, and, and still so early in the season, it's, it's one game and obviously you've been practicing and working hard, but also no preseason. So I'm, I'm right there with you. It's... It's kind of a slippery slope because, yes, it's early in the season and you may want to make sure these players are good on Sunday. And I've, I've been on record a number of times. It does not matter to me if DeAndre Hopkins ever practices during the week just because he shows up on Sundays. But I've seen, even after poor performances, players will be out there on Wednesday even if they were given a veteran day or typically have veteran day off on Wednesday. Just because of the perception and being amongst your teams, that's you know making sure that everyone is on the same page and correcting the mistakes that were made, you need to be out there. And, and not just going through the motions, but being out there supporting each other. Yeah, it, it goes a lot more than just being out there for the physical reps. It's, it's you're right, it's not just mental, but also that camaraderie and the leadership and, and all that stuff and, and rallying together 
especially coming off the loss the way that they lost this week. Again, hindsight being 2020 here early in the show, I, I apparently have not gotten over Sunday's performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. You have not, but that's no. okay. Ask Drew Stanton the next time you talk with him how, how long losses linger with me over the course of a season, depending on how the loss is. Really? Not every loss, not every loss is treated the same. Which one's got you last year? Playoffs? Was not happy about the playoff lot. I was not happy with a lot of losses towards the end of the season. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, that, you know, lose to the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. First loss. Okay. You know, one bad play at the end of the game. That, that That's okay. But when you start stacking up performance after performance. Detroit? Yeah. Detroit didn't sit well with me. No. <laughs> let's not go back in history. Okay. We'll look forward. All right. Let's speaking of looking forward here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. This week. Cardinals once again facing an AFC West opponent. They are on the road taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. And the storyline here this week, without question, is the former Arizona Cardinal Chandler Jones, now wearing silver and black. Six seasons he spent here in Arizona, the franchise career leader in sacks. Did not record one last week. And I'm actually, I wished he would have gotten one or two or three. Now he's extra motivated? Exactly. An extra motivated Chandler Jones is a very scary thing. It is going to be different, as a number of players mentioned on Wednesday, to see Chandler Jones in a different uniform, but not different seeing him going against D.J. Humphreys. They did it every single day in practice. Now you're doing it not in practice, but in a game where no, there is no question one both are going to be 100% making sure they do not get beaten by the other guy. I got a chance to talk with DJ in my weekly sideline exchange interview. Um, so be sure to go check that out on our YouTube channel and, and website. And we talked a lot about Chandler Jones. And when I was asking him about that before I could even get far into my question, he just had a huge smile on his face. And he described how he expects it to be as fun. He says it's going to be a very fun matchup for him. And they, they went against each other. You said it for practice every day for six years. And he said, he's my guy. He's my very good friend. But even when we were teammates, as soon as we stepped onto the field, it was dog versus dog. It was iron sharpens iron. So I was already having that. He already has that experience of mentally going up against Chandler Jones. He just has never done it in a game. So he said he expects it to be a very fun matchup. I asked him, specifically what challenges will Jones present you and his answer was it's pretty self-explanatory self-explanatory Chandler Jones is Chandler Jones so he knows it's not going to be an easy feat but he also had a couple years of the two of them working together Chandler Jones I'm sure in the locker room out at practice showing some moves you know that he DJ could expect from other players and how to get better against the pass rush so I think it's going to be really exciting to see the two of them. He did say, you know, his preparation physically, mentally is not any different knowing he's going up against a good friend, but he is, he is definitely excited. Um, I think he knows that all eyes are going to be on that matchup with the amount of questions from the media already to DJ about that, not just to him, but to his teammates as well. In the locker room on Wednesday, that matchup was brought up to Devon Kennard on defense, Victor Dumakeji on defense. So it's going to be very exciting to watch the two of them. And and the problem is not just Chandler. The problem is, DJ talked about this as well, you can't just focus on one guy on the line because you've got Max Crosby on the other end. Very disruptive 
one of five players in the league who had five or more hurries in week one. So it's not like this Cardinals offensive line can just shift and focus on Chandler Jones because you got Max Crosby knocking on the other end. Fun is an interesting word to use when to describe that matchup come Sunday. Probably would not have been the word I would have chosen if (laughs) that was asked of me as opposed to asked of DJ Humphreys. But I'm curious because you mentioned Devon Kennard, Victor Dumukeji, Rashard Lawrence was asked about it. And every time it was, every time Chandler Jones's name was referenced or brought up on Wednesday, everyone from the head coach on down, big smile. Everyone loves Chandler Jones, the energy he brought here to the Cardinals. It was infectious. And yes, it's going to be odd. It's going to be different seeing him across the field wearing a different colored uniform. But I'm curious on the matchup between Humphreys and Jones and considering how well they know each other as far as their moves and their weaknesses, the advantage. Does one have over the other? Humphreys because he knows what Jones can do. And Jones helped him as far as, hey, when I do this, you know, maybe you should drop back, bend your knees a little bit more. Or is it Jones who knows Humphrey's weakness, a bull rush, swim move? Or did one not tell everything that they know to the other? I'm fascinating to know what's going to happen on Sunday. It will be very interesting, especially because if Justin Pugh doesn't play, you know, that's that's a great opportunity for Chandler Jones and that front seven for Vegas of watching the performance if you feel like that's the weak side. You know, it's not just going to be about DJ Humphreys, but, you know, looking at, at that, I guess, weak spot on the offensive line is if you don't have your first or second string at left guard. But it will be very fun, I think, to watch them. Um, I know, Kyler, you were at Kyler Murray's press conference. He was asked about... Right, if if Chandler trash talks him? He expects Chandler to do a lot of talking, and if he does, quote, I'm going to just laugh at him. <laughs> Benson Jones's trash talking won't affect him at all. They're very good friends, but they were they gave each other little ribs back and forth through the media a lot of the times as far as during their time here. And you just wonder, you know, pregame, sure. Post game, sure, but once the game starts how much talking and how much banter will there be now maybe during a media timeout you know if someone's mic'd up sometimes you know you're you're trying to kill time because you got two and a half three minutes to kill and you've already know what you're going to run you already know what defense is going to be and you're just you're you're getting to know the guy on the other side in this case Chandler Jones was well respected and well loved in that locker room throughout this entire organization so as much as it's going to be good to see him, you just don't want to see him do well on Sunday. I'd love to have a, a camera follow Chandler around this week and just know his demeanor. He is a very passionate, motivating person and teammate, but he's also just like a fun personality and likes to joke and, and be loud and have that big personality as a person and not just the intensity as as a player. So I'd love to see how he's carrying himself this week and and that extra motivation because look this team knows better than anybody what he's capable of in having a five sack game so we'll see how they uh prepare and fare out against him and as we've seen so far with the Cardinals we saw Chandler Jones not always lined up against the left tackle it can be Kelvin Beecham 
as well. And then all of a sudden, Will Hernandez at right guard helping out. So, And Chandler Jones is going to move along that line. That's what he's always done. But you can bring up an excellent point about Max Crosby. Now, neither one recorded a sack last week. They combined for three quarterback hits. So they never got home. But you bring up the pressures, and sometimes that's just enough. It's not always about the sack. Are you doing enough to affect the opposing quarterback to make things uncomfortable? Get Kyler Murray scrambling to where he is not standing in the pocket and being able to dissect the defense and go through his progressions from one wide receiver to the next. All you have to do is get a hand in his face. There were a couple of batted balls on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just do enough to frustrate Kyler Murray, and that could come from either the left or the right side. Yeah, and that's why it's so important for those wide receivers, tight ends, all of his receivers to get that separation, utilize that speed. That's something that I thought was missing. You lost the height in your wide receivers when you don't have DeAndre Hopkins and you don't have Antoine Wesley, who's dealing with a hip and groin injury. Your height comes from A.J. Green. So you have to rely on the speed of your other players. You don't have the speed of Rondell Moore. So that comes down to Hollywood Brown, Andy Isabella, Greg Dortch. And I did not see enough of that against the Chiefs and their loss on Sunday. So you're right. The wide receivers have to do a better job of getting that separation, getting open, creating those opportunities. If Zach Ertz is not on a pitch count, that really helps the offense. Are they going to activate Trey McBride? Something we have to keep an eye on as well. So you're right. Getting that pressure on Kyler Murray, it's very, very important that his receivers are open and create those opportunities for him to get rid of the ball quickly. It was asked of Kyler earlier on Wednesday about the number of targets and how much Greg Dortch was targeted. And it just, and the words of Kyler, quote, happened to be at the right place at the right time regarding Dortch. Now, when it comes to Hollywood Brown, he mentioned, talking about Kyler Murray, that they knew need to do a better job of moving Hollywood around to make sure that he is more involved in the offense. Because when you're targeted once in the first quarter, once in the second quarter, to me that's not, that's not nearly enough considering on the other side, Devontae Adams was targeted 17 times and three times in the first four offensive plays of the game for the Raiders. That's got to be what the Cardinals do with Hollywood Brown. If there's that chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver that we've been hearing about and we saw at Oklahoma, then it's got to be here in Arizona. That's the same connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, college teammates. And they brought Adams in this offseason, the Raiders did, and so far it's panned out. And again, it's, it's similar to the Chiefs in the way that Kansas City's top wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster and their top tight end in Travis Kelsey uh, put up, I believe it was exactly 200 receiving yards against the Cardinals. In week one, the Raiders' top receiver in Devontae Adams, top tight end in Darren Waller, put up all but 75 of the 295 wow. receiving yards. So it's going to be another difficult matchup. And I, I don't know, I guess, how similarly you could compare, you know, the Darren Waller to what Travis Kelsey does and Devontae Adams to Juju Smith-Schuster, and I understand that. I'm just saying that having that pair and the way that Waller and Adams both work in and out of the slot, it's not going to be easy for this Cardinals defense. And you're right, Adams and Derek Carr have that chemistry. They have that connection. And I believe I read on the Raiders, one of their writers, I believe Adams had like the second most receiving yards in a Raiders debut in franchise history. I believe so I trust if, if, you on that. <laughs> if that's week one, 
I would imagine their chemistry and that connection is only going to grow stronger throughout the season. And we talk about the struggles on defense. What we've heard so far is the communication breakdown, the communication issues, and how how, how easily is that fixable between week one to week two? Because there were a lot of issues and we heard from Nick Vigil say, yeah, that was the first time we were all together on the football field, which obviously goes back to how this team handled the training camp and preseason, which, you know, I think we need a larger sample size. But to Nick's point, okay, now it's week two. Is week one enough of a quote-unquote dress rehearsal to now, all right, now we're playing for keeps? I wonder with communication, does that entail – Everybody understanding the call that's being or the play that's being called is that I don't necessarily would I wouldn't think that the communication errors come from Isaiah Simmons with the green dot and and how he's relaying that information. I can't imagine that the communication errors are all on him by any means. So I wonder what the deep issue is there and your question of can this be fixed in one week? I don't know. I guess we'll find out, but I don't. I wonder how much this is communication issues and how much of this is just the personnel that they're working with of we've talked about looking at the pass rush and that's not necessarily a knock on the Dennis Gardex or Devon Kennard who the plan is to call up from the practice squad. You have a lot of young players who are not very experienced. Saban Collins is only in year two and didn't even really have that full first year where he was playing consistent snaps week after week after week. You've got a lot of younger players on defense that you're now having to rely on. So I'm just curious. I I believe that there were communication issues. But I'm wondering if that's all that was causing, you know, the mishaps on defense. Talent. Is there enough talent, depth of talent? Because, and I'll give Paul Calvisi credit earlier in training camp. Look, your starters, 1 through 11 on defense, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go to battle. But when you're losing a J.J. Watt, when you're losing potentially a Jalen Thompson, and you don't have your full complement, now all of a sudden there's a huge drop-off between first team and second team. And not every defender plays 100% of the snaps. It's impossible. There's a rotation on the defensive line, an outside linebacker. Easier to do it in the secondary. So when those young pieces, young players come out on the football field that don't have the experience of a J.J. Watt or a Zach Allen, now there's a drop-off. And how big of a drop-off? Well, I think we saw on Sunday that it's a significant drop-off between starters and reserves defensively. Yeah, and that's that's not a great place to be, especially because for the most part, this is this is who you're rocking with. I mean, we've talked about bringing in a veteran cornerback, but other than that, I'm, I'm not really sure what else you could do that you would bring someone in from the outside and and work around. I mean, there's so much that goes into it from the business side of yeah. things, but this this coaching staff, this front office has made decisions like having Devon Kennard on the practice squad and having Victor Dumakeji, Cam Thomas, Myjay Sanders be on the active roster. They've made decisions to have those younger players play a bigger role. So now it's up to Vance Joseph finding the strengths of his players and putting together the best scheme possible for their strengths. It's going to be interesting to say the least because as, I wouldn't say as bad, but all right, Derek Carr's numbers were not good on Sunday. Yet it was still a one-score game and he's very capable quarterback and he's got capable weapons. So 
can enough be done Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the walkthrough on Saturday to make sure that this team flips the switch, so to speak, defensively, and we don't see a repeat performance? We heard after the game from Kingsbury from multiple players practice habits needing to change. And when asked about that, everyone has said it was sense of urgency, at least in Wednesday's practice. So hopefully everyone's on the same page with that. Hopefully that is enough. Um, it is concerning that, you know, hearing that it's been one week of practice in the regular season and they're already seeing issues. I mean, I I don't know why you would have that this early on in the season to begin with. Why wasn't sense of urgency? I don't know. But hopefully that is enough this week. Those practice habits that we've been told need to change hopefully change and we see a different team now the one bright spot heading into this week's game it is on the road in las vegas allegiant stadium first time ever for the arizona cardinals to visit las vegas a preseason game a couple years back was canceled because of the pandemic but now you're talking about being on the road first road test we know how well this team tested on the road a year ago. They were the best road team in all of the NFL, 8-1 and one, and number one in a number of different offensive and defensive categories. Question is, does 2021 translate to 2022? When you ask that question as a whole, I would say no. You know, there, there isn't a lot of things you can or want to carry over from the previous season. I think when you look at how the Cardinals finished last season, they would tell you they don't want to carry anything over. However, when I talked to DJ Humphreys on that sideline exchange interview, I asked him about that. A team that went 8-1 and one on the road last year. Now, it's a, di- it's a different season. It's a different team overall. But with that veteran carryover, how much confidence does that add knowing you did so well on the road last year that it's possible to do it again? He said that's the one thing you would want to carry over from another season is the players who were here last year and the players who are still here now know that we can do that. So yeah, it adds a little bit of confidence, but that that's, you know, to a certain extent, right? Like last season is last season. That that's in the past. But I think just understanding like it's possible to go out there. Not not getting too down on yourself for starting 0 and 1. It's possible. Kingsbury hoped that the success last year on the road carries over. Now Kyle Murray asked about it, kind of completely dismissed it. Quote, it's a new team, we got new players. He doesn't want to look back at last year. And I I totally get, but to your point, how many players on this year's roster from last year's roster that was a part of that road success and being able to get back on the road and get a W. Now we can talk until we're blue in the face about the home struggles, but this team did have success on the road. Now you can't fall back on that and just assume it's going to happen again, but that is the one... Again, bright spot positive if you're looking to hold out hope to avoid an 0-2 start. Yeah, absolutely. But like it was, I believe it was Dennis Gardak maybe or Kingsbury after the game, one of them said, you know, you you can't just be all talk. You got to go out there and you got to do it. So it's time to not just be all talk. We're about to see, you know, can you go out and you can continue to win on the road? Because unfortunately, they continued to lose at home. So Maybe that'll be in their favor. They can continue to win on the road this year. Speaking of all talk, again, Sideline Exchange, this week's guest, DJ Humphreys. You can find it on all of the Arizona Cardinals platforms, including the official YouTube page. You also have, and something that we uh, forgot to promote, I I apologize, I forgot to bring up a week ago, 
But I'm excited about this because I'm a huge fan of film study and getting the perspective of a former player. It's why it's so good on the Red Sea Report to have Kyle Vandenbosch and Drew Stanton and then post-game to have one or both and also Rob Fredrickson involved as well because you get a different perspective, a player's perspective, which is different from the media, which is different from the fan. But cardstock, you and Drew Stanton weekly will now discuss whether it's looking back or looking forward from the player's standpoint and a very good player. And Drew Stanton, don't tell him I said a very good player, but he is a very good player. Drew has done a really great job. Uh, the second episode of Cardstock dropped. That's also website, social media channels, YouTube channel. And you're right. Every week is just going to be looking at trends or matchups. Um, so that first week we talked about quarterbacks going up against Kansas City. Talked a lot about this pass rush against Vegas. Um, that duo of Darren Waller and Devontae Adams. And Drew has such great insight. And not just players in general, but quarterbacks specifically and the way that they read defenses and how they see the field and how they see the game is so intriguing. And so to give Drew that opportunity to explain all of that and how he sees things and evaluates teams is really very interesting. And he's done a really great job. So I'm excited for that to continue every week throughout the season Cardstock, go check it out. Let Drew know on social media he's doing a great job. I don't know how active he is on social media. We're going to have to get him pretty active. He has a Twitter account. I just don't know, again, how active he is <laughs> with that Twitter account. But I'll say this. He has spoken more in the last year and a half, media-wise, than he did during his tenure with the Arizona Cardinals. And when you're backing up Carson Palmer, you just don't get a lot of that media love. But he's getting it now. He is definitely getting it now. He's done a great job so far unbiased opinion to uh, go go recommend recommend checking it out by the way speaking of this uh road trip now it is las vegas and we know it's only a one night stay it's fly in saturday come back sunday night where are you going with this craig i'm not traveling so i need to know because you know there have been stories back from the 2022 nfl draft or excuse me pro bowl there were stories from the trip to tennessee stories about who stories Stories about who the content team the digital content team. Well, Darren. that doesn't necessarily include me, Craig. Don't You're let in me the... in with everybody. I'm telling you, every time Paul Calvisi mentions it, he throws out certain people's names. Yeah, my name. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Darren on Cardinals Underground. Craig, going to be on my best behavior. <laughs> it's a work trip. I'm going to be in bed by 10 o'clock. And that's that. Okay. We'll have to get a report <laughs> next week. 125 is the kickoff on Sunday. Again, Cardinals looking to avoid that 0-2 hole. They will travel and play the 0-1 Las Vegas Raiders. Danny, appreciate it. Uh, again, we'll have to wait and see for those reports next week on the trip to Las Vegas. We'll I'm going gonna, gonna to be on my best behavior, so okay. there are no reports to be shared. All right. We'll have to wait. and see. As Cliff Kingsbury likes to say, we'll see. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.